Welcome back. Faith to Form, the podcast for the F2F Music Foundation, inspiring students who are interested in music by providing them with the advantage of having their own instruments to perform on stage with professional musicians while simultaneously learning about jazz music in the United States and its influences worldwide. We are connected to this community and to this mission in a big way. And this podcast is one way that we can get a chance to talk to you and tell you what we've been up to lately. So this summer, it's the 2023 F2F Music Foundation Summer Camp. It's two weeks of intense and inspiring opportunities for the students to get up close and personal with people in the music industry, to learn a few things, to get inspired, and, and, and to help them get a little bit better at what they do. Ian Cannon came to perform, talk to the students, and be a part of the F2F Music Foundation Summer Camp of 2023. And we had a chance to sit down with Ian and talk about his journey. And this is an incredible story. Ian is an amazing person. The F2F-based journey, Ian is headed to Italy to study piano. And you're going to learn in this podcast a little bit more about Ian and about his F2F connection. So our question number one is, who is Ian Cannon? I try to be someone who plants seeds and changes lives, but I honestly really don't know what that means. I just try to perform and practice every day, and I know I'm still young, but I definitely have a mission, um, and I have no idea whether I've reached that. Um, I'm just trying to keep going and strive to learn a different culture and be someone, you know, be myself. And hopefully people can understand the message I'm trying to convey. Uh, I definitely want to inspire people. So Ian, in life we are sometimes mentored, given a little nudge, or inspired by someone in our lives uh, toward doing something amazing like you're doing. So who inspired Ian Cannon? Certainly my dad. <laughs> he's one of my many inspirations, but he's definitely the, the one I can most accurately point to that inspired me to start loving music. You know, I think many people learn to love music from people they're close to if they bring it into their life, but my dad was playing piano and guitar since I was a baby. You know, and when I grow up in that environment, it encourages me to, to listen more. And I was so excited to try to imitate what he did on the piano, and I probably sounded awful, but I don't remember it. And of course, they started me on piano lessons. And then I started getting inspired by artists and people who I wanted to be like. But my dad certainly had a profound impact on me. Ian, I love this part. Let's drop some names of people who inspired you along the way. So when I first started on piano, it was pretty much all classical, and it still is mostly classical, but there's sort of two categories. There's the composers and their pieces that I found incredibly inspiring, and then there's the artists. So people like Yu Zhao Wang and Evgeny Kissin, um, you know, these Russian and Chinese pianists were just playing so technical and, you know, when I was young, seeing them move their fingers like that was, it was mind-blowing. Um, so, I mean, I just couldn't understand how someone could possibly be that good. Mm. And then, of course, when I got older, I started to understand that they're not just technical machines, but these people who I grew up with, being fascinated by their technique, were also incredible musicians. Um, you know, I listened to... 
I mean, there's some eccentric artists like um, Daniel Trifonov, um, another Russian pianist. And, you know, if you look on them from the outside and you see how, you know, what their face looks like or what they're doing, you may be very turned off by it, but I just sat there and I listened and, I mean, it changed my life. And, of course, when they played the music of Rachmaninoff and Mozart, especially now, Mozart's been the biggest inspiration of, of any composer. Um, it just brings me inner peace and joy. But when I was young, I listened to a lot of Tchaikovsky and a lot of Chopin, as many of my peers did, too. I feel as if you've really got the mechanics down, but what I'm hearing from you as you perform is more of a, a, a message that comes from your soul. Talk about that. I've always been under the impression that if you have technical ability but no musical ability, um, it will show. And if you have musical ability but no technical ability, it will also show. Um, if you don't play from the soul, if you don't play from the heart, you know, people will look right through you. They will not feel what you're feeling or what you're pretending to feel. Um, I, I like to consider myself um, pretty good with being musical. You know, I genuinely feel what I'm playing, but, you know, I started and I always wanted to jump ahead, so my technique suffered very much from the beginning. Um, and it was only until I got my, my new piano teacher about two years ago did she teach me what it meant to be involved with your body, to have energy and associate it with what you're feeling. So you need to have a balance of, yes, I am playing the, all the right notes and I'm playing all the right rhythms. Yes, I am feeling the music and I'm conveying what I'm doing, but then not letting one over the power, overpower the other. Like, I do think there are moments where all the right notes may not be the most attractive thing. Um, and if you can find that balance between them, and I've certainly had to be less musical at times in order to let the music speak for itself. Because if my character is overpowering what's actually happening, um, you know, people won't take you as seriously. You know, Ian, it's not always about hitting the right notes. It's more about what's coming from deep within inside you when you perform. Tell us about that. There's a lot of a lot of thought about what perfection in music really is, and I don't think anyone can actually answer answer what perfection is. A lot of people will say that you can't be perfect in music. My piano teacher says that on some days you can be perfect. Um, and I've had my fair share of um, <laughs> imperfect playing. Um, I try to put out the best version of myself. So, you know, whatever I'm practicing and how I'm practicing is usually how it's going to sound like when I perform. And if it's not, I just need to be able to adapt and not be clouded by, oh, this isn't perfect. Because if you're so focused on playing everything perfectly and doing everything just like micro-analyzing each note, um, you will start to lose the overall picture of what the piece is. So, you know, if I'm playing Mozart and maybe the tone is naive and calm or playful, if I start to be too mature about every step of the road, it will no longer sound like maybe, you know, like a little boy frolicking through the forest. It's, it's kind of a, a sacrifice you have to make in showing, you know, what music can sound like. Ian, you are connected to Faith to Form, the F2F Music Foundation, in a, a very amazing way. How did that happen? Tell us a story. Well, yeah, it was actually Vel who first 
found me. <laughs> he came to our high school, um, I believe it was my sophomore year, the end of my sophomore year, and he came look at the, uh, to look at the jazz band. And of course, um, at, the, at a moment's notice, it kind of looked like another jazz clinic that came and had a lot of really good things to say. But then he started to take interest in me, and of course then I found out about F2F. And when he told me about this program, I was honestly very surprised. I didn't know there were you know, programs and organizations that care so much about you know, underprivileged children receiving instruments and receiving these opportunities. I mean, it's such a powerful thing. And I wish I had this when I was their age, but I'm still really lucky because Mr. Lewis allowed me to volunteer last year. And of course now I'm here teaching and seeing it from this perspective is, it's amazing. I mean, these kids are getting you know, professional advice and they're receiving professional instruction. And gosh, I mean, not many people can say that they, they get that. And Mr. Lewis is doing a, a wonderful thing. You know, all the wonderful people that make up this community and that support F2F, that makes it possible. You know, a lot of people look at the world and they have a lot of negative things to say and all the bad things happening. But, I mean, this community is comprised of 100% wonderful people. And I wouldn't be here without, without it. So, you know, I'm, I'm really happy of these kids and they're working really hard and I can see that they're inspired. And I'm just happy to be a part of it and to inspire people. These, I mean, these children are amazing. At F2F, we have a mission, and I feel as if that mission is, is unfolding and happening uh, as we speak here, both at the uh, 2023 F2F summer camp and, of course, all year round of the things that we do as it's related to F2F. So in your perspective, how does F2F impact people who come in contact with F2F? I think it has a lot to do with just develop, developing an interest in music um, that's the first step, right? You know, people may enjoy their instrument, um, they may seek out a camp, um, and what these camps do is get people um, engaged in people that are like-minded, um, and when you start to love your instrument, it builds um, devotion and ambition, it keeps you out of drugs and gangs, um, and you know, if you have these people here to instruct you and to keep you loving your instrument, I have no doubt that, you know, these children will do better in school um, and they will do better in any environment, socially and personally. You know, Mr. Lewis talks a lot about people who are on the autism spectrum or people who have mental um, you know, problems. And it's, a, it's often a taboo subject, but if you can bring music into people's lives and children at this early age, I think you can alleviate some of the concerns or the, the negative thoughts, right? And then people from the outside see what this organization is doing, and I think it inspires a lot of other people to donate or start something similar. And of course, it gives adults an opportunity to teach and be a part of this as well. So now we come to the amazing part about your connection with Faith to Form, F2F, the Music Foundation. Ian, let's talk about your journey. Well, it all starts actually with Mr. Lewis. He brought up the prospect of going to Italy um, for college. And, you know, when I heard that, 
I was like, that, there's no way, that's impossible, <laughs> right? Because I, I was a sophomore, about to become a junior, looking at music conservatories in Boston and New York, right? And I had already put so much of my energy into, I mean, I'm about to go to school, I need to figure out what pieces I'm going to play, um, how much it's gonna cost. And then it, it didn't even occur to me that it was a possibility. And then of course, we circled back a little bit later and his, one of his good friends, Francesco Attesti, um, well, he's an Italian concert pianist living in Italy, also loves jazz. I mean, this is just a wonderful person. And he was like, yeah, we want to bring him here. <laughs> and I was like, that's actually possible. And so it all culminated in a trip that I took last Thanksgiving where he set me up with four professors from four Italian conservatories. And I went there with just my mom. And I just got this overwhelming feeling that, yeah, this is, this is the next chapter in my life. And of course, suddenly I had to shift my focus from going to New England Conservatory, which I did tour, then going to Italy. Um, and I wasn't even sure what that really meant, but there was a lot of paperwork and we're still going through that process right now. Um, and of course, a lot of language learning. So pretty quickly, I had to get a tutor, um, get some online resources, start to learn this language because I just wanted to see if it would even be possible. Um, I've narrowed it down to basically two schools, um, Perugia and Terni. And honestly, I'm just happy to be able to have this opportunity. I've already met so many wonderful people and of course networking is a wonderful thing. Mr. Lewis has many resources and I'm in your debt, very much so. Um, but even if, and there, there is a doubt in my mind that maybe it won't work out. Even though they told me that, yes, we want to, and yes, you're more than good enough of a musician to, to come here. Even if it doesn't work out, I'm actually not too worried because you know, this is the time in my life to explore these options, right? A lot of people are so caught up in, oh, I want to go to Harvard, and if I don't get into Harvard, then my life is over. But really, it's just you know, one small part of my life. And so if I, for some act of God, if I don't get in, um, at least I'll have more knowledge, and maybe I'll try again next year, or pivot plans. But just this opportunity, um, being able to go to Italy and immerse myself in this culture has opened my eyes, not just to a world of music, but um, just to an entirely new type of person. Like, I, I've, I've been so blessed. Um, and I'm excited to see where it takes me. You know, five years down the road, maybe things will have changed. But, so the plan is, you know, I go to maybe Conservatory of Perugia, I study for five years and come back to the States. But of course, I can never really have a sure plan because when is, when is life ever laid out for you? Um, especially in music. No one in my family has pursued music. Um, my dad thought about it, but you know, we'll, we'll see where it takes me. And I'm just excited to, to go with the flow. <laughs> Ian had a question for you. Where is the next generation of classical music coming from? Who's making that music out there? Right now, people who are composing things in the classical scene, that's a... That's a good question, because a lot of the times, you know, contemporary music is, is pushing the boundaries, so you know how you have no idea how it will be perceived in the future. 
Uh, I think there are a lot of classical music, classical musicians who are composing things like anime. Um, Joe Hisayashi is, um, you know, he scores a lot of films and a lot of games, but he doesn't do as much classical music as he does just um, like Japanese, you know, anime. But I know there are performers like um, Ray Chen, who you know compose things, or Loa Lieberman. I played a piece by him called Gargoyles. Um, I think in the future, when they die, and a hundred years in the future, people will still be playing it. Yes, it's contemporary, but contemporary is just now, right? There will be a new contemporary later, I think. Um, you know, if Loa Lieberman has his music played. Um, many decades in the future than all power to him. Um, I mean, you can sort of see the, the gap being bridged. Like, you know, you, you have Bach, right? And then you have Mozart, and then you have Beethoven. But then you, you start pushing um, the boundaries. So like Rachmaninoff, he was romantic and contemporary, right? So I think there are people who are doing that right now. Ravel did some romantic elements plus impressionism. Um, and I think music will just continue to be that way. You can never really anticipate what's going to happen, but I mean, you see many wonderful artists and most of them I'm not aware of, but I hope that there's a, a great appreciation for the people who are doing stuff right now. Because you know, they're, they're being forced, whether they enjoy it or not, to look into other genres, maybe incorporate them, right? So like today I played classical and anime and church and a little bit of jazz because I, I mean, I love all that stuff, but I think it's just important to bring in a variety and expose audiences because I don't want classical music to die, right? Especially if I'm about to have a career in it. I'm going to probably teach at some point in my life. You know, that's one element of it. You expose your students to what's now and what was. Um, I'm probably going to do chamber music, um, maybe tour. It's just kind of you have to adapt with music because people will like what they like and you have to go with the flow because um, music's constantly evolving and constantly changing. I've got a question for you. You're going to love this one too. Who would you most like to have lunch and a conversation with? And then what would you guys talk about? Have you heard of Hilary Hahn? Um, she is a, a fabulous musician and she's done a lot of amazing things. I think I'd like to have a conversation with her. Maybe she's not in Midtown, but, um, you know, I'm not all familiar with, you know, the string world or, I mean, she plays all over the place and she has such clarity in her speaking. Um, I, I just like to have a conversation, sit down and, and understand what it's like to be a professional musician and how you cope, um, how you get by. I mean, the dedication it takes is unreal. And of course, I aspire to be someone like her, right? Um, maybe I'd also like to speak with someone who's not affiliated with classical music. I think that would be really interesting. I'm trying to push my horizons and listen to more and more. There's so much stuff out there, but if I could just <laughs> have a conversation like, I don't know, with Miles, you know, Davis. I know he's, he's dead, but that would be really interesting. It's been a real pleasure talking with Ian Cannon, part of the 2023 F2F summer camp, and the journey <laughs> is just begun for Ian. We'll be talking again, I'm sure, in the near future. Ian, thanks so much. I'm Ian Cannon, 
I'm honored to be here. F2F is changing lives. It's changed my life. And I hope to talk to you soon.